Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. If you live in Chicago long enough, you'll probably end up calling 311 for something. Potholes, busted pipes, a new trash can, OSHA violations, rat infestations. I mean, you name it. But it's more than just a line for grievances. It's also where people call to get temporary housing. People that are calling 311 and asking for shelter are usually calling in a moment of crisis. They're experiencing homelessness and they're calling asking for help. That's WBEZ reporter Anna Savchenka. She and WBEZ data reporter Amy Chin looked into the 311 call center system because they heard it has some issues. What they learned is that the system is pretty much bursting at the seams. The number of people calling has more than doubled since 2019 to the point where you're getting an average of probably more than 200 calls a day to the hotline compared to just around 60 calls a day in 2019. The influx of calls means people are waiting to get shelter for a while. So based on the data, um, we found that the wait time went from under 10 hours in 2019 up to over 50 hours in 2023. And that's just the average. So there are cases where it's a lot longer and a lot shorter. The reason for this is not simple. In their reporting, Anna and Amy say it's everything from increases to rent, less and less affordable housing available, inflation, and an increase in evictions. Also, Chicago is now home to thousands of migrants. Asylum seekers and migrants are being told to call 311 as well. So what that's created is just this perfect storm for this hotline that's overburdened. So the people who need temporary shelter aren't getting it promptly. They call 311, they go through the intake process, and sometimes they don't get placed at all. Today, Anna and Amy are going to talk about what's going on and why this critical system works sometimes, but not others. Let's start with how it's supposed to work. When you call 311, the operator asks you a bunch of questions. So if you're calling for shelter, Anna says they start asking questions like this. Are you safe? Uh, Do you have transportation? Can you walk unassisted? Uh, Anything of that sort. Um, Then the operator will tell the caller that it may take up to 48 hours for the city to get back to them on whether there's an available shelter bed for them. And if all goes smoothly, a van shows up at the location of the caller Within the span of several days, that person is picked up and taken to a shelter where there's a bed waiting for them. But as we know from our reporting, that doesn't always happen. Hmm. Let's get into the timing a little bit. That potential wait time of 48 hours is kind of wild <laughs> in an emergency. And you said, I mean, I heard you say over the span of several days, um, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come and get picked up. Tell me about why it takes so long. So we asked the city, we asked shelter managers, we asked folks who were requesting shelter themselves. And I think the long and short of it is that demand is outpacing supply. 
So you have a high number of people requesting shelter from asylum seekers to folks who are unhoused and just not enough beds. The city's official policy is that if it takes longer than 72 hours, mm-hmm. so three days, your your request is expired. And so then you need to you lose your place in line and you need to call again. Do folks know that? I mean, like if, if they don't get a call after three days, do they know that do they know that they need to call again? Is that something the representative would tell them? No. <laughs> wow. No, people people do not know that. Uh people just end up waiting and waiting on the other end of the line wondering what happened to my request. And uh, we spoke to several unhoused individuals who had that experience, uh, including this uh, mom. Her name's Michelle Feliciano. She's 34. Last fall, she was couch surfing. She was uh, staying on uh, at a friend's place with her one-year-old son. That friend asked her to leave. She was scared. She was pregnant with her second child at the time. And she called 311 in a moment of crisis, and she didn't hear back. Uh, let me play you some tape of what she said. When I did make that 311 call, um, it took like two days. Then they forgot to give me the call back, so I had to put another request in. And when they don't call you back, you have to basically keep on putting a new request to get a new um, referral number. Wow. Um, Amy, how reflective is this of... What happens when most people call 311 for shelter? Um, So from what we can tell, at least we tried to answer this with, um, you know, requesting 311 call data. And um, this year, an average of one in seven calls resulted in a successful placement, meaning one in seven callers ended up getting placed in shelter. So as for the six other folks, um, it's actually really unclear what happens to them because mm. of issues with their records and data. So that's just the perspective from the data. But from our reporting, we also know there are lots of instances where things go wrong that you can't see in the data. Uh, for example, we talked to a shelter manager who said that he frequently gets um, folks who aren't kind of suited for his shelter. So he got an elderly person who kind of needs 24-7 assistance, but his shelter isn't staffed up and they don't have the resources to provide that um, kind of round-the-clock assistance. You also get folks who have mental health issues maybe um, being placed in shelters with families and children. So there's a lot of things that kind of go wrong um, Mm -hmm. from what we've heard, but it's not necessarily apparent in the data. We also know that Younger people who are homeless, they often don't call 311 because they don't want to say that, you know, they're homeless. They don't trust this hotline. And so Hmm. they're not served by the system either. Interesting. Anna talked about Michelle Feliciano, who called 311 um, and she was with her son. And that makes me think about how these calls are prioritized. If somebody's pregnant, they are a family, um, maybe they're in a domestic violence situation, do they go to the front of the line or how does that work? So the short answer is no. There is no prioritization other than the time that you called, 
we did hear from Salvation Army, which is the agency that runs this whole system, that if you say you're in immediate danger, they will try as hard as they can to you know, work as quickly as possible to get you shelter. But there is no formal system where, you know, you have certain priority if you're pregnant or you mm. faced an eviction where you're in a kind of domestic violence situation. Yeah. Amy mentioned the Salvation Army here. Um, I know that the city is partnering up with them. Can you talk about how that partnership is working? So the Salvation Army is the social service agency that the city contracts to manage the 311 shelter system. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything from calling back clients, transporting clients to shelters, keeping track of the available shelter beds in all of Chicago's city-funded shelters. And that Herculean task uh, falls on the shoulders of anywhere between 8 to 10 people per shift. <laughs> Um, which is crazy to consider because, I mean, imagine if two people from that team are in a van picking up uh, Feliciano and transporting her to a shelter and they're picking her up from maybe even a suburb of Chicago. This team is so uh, short-staffed that you can't even really blame them for not being able to field the number of calls that they're facing. Yeah, and Anna, you spoke with LaShonda Brown, who's the director of a women and children's center who works with the 311 response team that you're talking about. Um, how did she talk about this? Here's what she says about the system herself. Sometimes folks call and say, I've been here for three days at the police station and I'm just waiting on the call back from them to say they have a placement ready. And then sometimes folks say, hey, I called and within an hour they the van, mobile outreach van, will be outside bringing the family into our facility. So it's really hard to say, does it really work or not? So sometimes the system works for her and sometimes it really doesn't. I mean, is it what what is going on here? I mean, I feel like it, there's there's not enough resources. There's a lot to do. Is this a lack of funding? Is it understaffing? What is the problem um, that you found in your in your reporting? It's a combination of of those things. Uh, It is limited funding. Uh, We know uh, from our reporting that funding for the city's shelter system has been relatively flat over the past four years. Um, The shelter system did get a a $6 million bump in funding this year. Uh, That ups their total to almost $27 million in spending for the year. Um, But still, housing advocates say that's not enough uh, to meet soaring, soaring demands. Understaffing definitely plays into it, too. There are some initiatives in place that the city is trying to implement, but we... It's unclear how much progress uh, they've they've really made. Yeah. And then, Amy, you know, maybe in addition to this lack of staffing and and all of this uh, lack of funding, you also reported that the shelter call system has a problem with record keeping. Can you talk about that? Right. So that was just kind of the cherry on top of just everything we've found, um, which is that we weren't actually able to tell how well it was working from the data. Um, So there's just a list of issues with their records from, you know, I mentioned that one in seven figure of people successfully getting placed. Well, the six other people, it could be that their call expired because it was more than 72 hours. It could be that they weren't able to be located. It could be a duplicate call. There were thousands of rows of missing data. 
Mm. Um, there are just numerous issues with their database, and um, all of that um, is is really problematic. Um, and the agency itself acknowledges that they have some manual data entry errors, and that improvements in data collection need to be made. But I think the main problem with this is that it's the city's only record of what's happening with the 311 system. And so if they're not able to, you know, track what's going on with people who aren't getting placed, um, no, no one knows that information. Yeah. Well, we've talked about <laughs> quite a few issues here. Um, based on your reporting, I-, I would love to hear from both of you. Um, what have you gathered that could happen going forward to make sure people who need housing don't fall through the cracks. Anna, I know you um, mentioned that there are some efforts. Don't really know how successful those are. But, um, yeah, could you get into those a little bit? In response to our, our, our story, a spokesperson for the Department of uh, Family and Support Services uh, told us that they're continuing to evaluate their system to see how they can adjust things to accommodate both uh, migrants and people experiencing homelessness. Um, so that's one. We also know that there's a new administration. Uh, we know that the ma- the new mayor, uh, Brandon Johnson, that he wants to boost social service agencies citywide. And even in, in his inauguration speech, he uh, said he, quote, wanted to bring Chicago home, which was him alluding to uh, his support for an increased real estate transfer tax, which if implemented, would be used to fund homelessness prevention. Um, So these are just several initiatives uh, or things that are happening in the background that might improve things uh, for the city's shelter system. Amy, anything you'd add or anything you're hoping to see? Um, That's a good question. You know, we did talk to some advocates who who mentioned that, you know, there's some specific changes they could make. with, for example, the pickup system, where right now they're, um, you know, driving a van across the city to pick individuals up. Um, you know, there might be a scenario where you can have a designated pickup spot. So that way oh. it can make things easier for, you know, drivers of that van. They don't have to go to multiple different locations in the same night. So there are small things like that, I think, that um, can incrementally make the experience better for everyone involved. But I would just add that, you know, I think from the reporting and from talking to people, it, it's not like people are not doing their jobs. Everyone is trying as hard as they can, as best as they can with the limited resources that they have. And it's really just a matter of, um, you know, making sure that the system is adequately funded for the number of people they're serving. Yeah, but at the very least, the data issues that we uncovered in our reporting, um, they merit further public scrutiny to to understand where these cracks are. Housing advocates say without that, it's really hard for them to advocate for change because they don't have definitive factual information to point to. So that's definitely another huge piece in the puzzle. Anna Savchenka is a reporter here at WBEZ, and Amy Chin is a data reporter at this station. Amy, Anna, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Erin.
You can find more of Anna and Amy's reporting on this issue at WBEZ.org or in the show notes of this episode. Their story is called There's a Surge in Calls for Shelter. Chicago's 311 Helpline Can't Keep Up. And if you or someone you know has an experience you want to share about Chicago's 311 Shelter Request System, contact Anna or Amy. You can find their email addresses on WBEZ's staff page. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Haley Bloomquist engineered this episode and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. And if you love the show, please rate and review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.